Everybody loves the Lord, say amen. amen. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 24. <clears throat> Genesis and the 24th chapter. Let us stand. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? I have been studying the Bible character Isaac. The Lord has given me seven or eight messages just in the last five weeks or so out of this man Isaac and I have all them sermons on my heart this morning. That's really bad for people who don't have seven or eight sermons worth of listening time on their heart. But I want to take and just share the particular thought the Lord has put in my heart. And tonight, if the Lord will let me, there's some blessed truths in this thing that I'd like to delve into. And uh, there are seven stages of the Christian journey in the book of Genesis. Very interesting in this study from Adam, from the first character in Genesis to the last, from Adam to Joseph. And the seven stages of the Christian's journey. And Isaac, Isaac was a man of the whale. And he had seven whales in his, uh, in his experience. And there are some things on my heart I want to deal with tonight, and we'll let the Lord carry us. While I was sitting over there, the Holy Ghost uh, burdened me to preach a gospel message out of these studies. And so I come to the 24th chapter of Genesis. I'm going to say a word and you say amen. And if you say it right, it'll save you 12 minutes of preaching. Now, it wasn't time to say amen. but Boy, they're ready to go, Pastor. I don't know. There's a full parking lot. And uh, now, wait until I cue you, then say amen. In Genesis 24, Abraham, this is where I'm going to say something, you're going to say amen. Abraham has sent his servant, the chief servant that ruled over all his house, to find a bride for his son. Now you say amen. amen. Now I'm going to say it, you say amen without me prompting them with it'll float. In the 24th chapter of Genesis, Abraham... The father has sent his servant to find a bride for his son. Now, I'm going to say something else, and you ought to say amen. Aren't you glad that the father sent the Holy Spirit to find a bride for his son? That's the general idea this morning. Now, Now, we'll need the Lord to help us. Holy Ghost and Lord Jesus... And Heavenly Father, Lord, touch thy servant, God. Lord, thy mercies and thy blood and thy covenant is what I rest upon this morning. Lord God, I fall back on that. And Lord, I'm grateful that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Lord, we're a miserable mass of huddled sinners here needing your help, needing your mercy. Those of us that have been born again and have been blood washed and have been spirit sealed 
stamped and bound for glory. I thank you and I love you and I pray that you draw. Oh, Lord God, that drawing power that brought all the animals in the ark. I pray it draw this morning. Lord, in this place, draw sinners to Christ. Draw saints back to Christ. Draw saints nearer to Christ. Lord, draw young people to the eternal things of God and not the trivial, silly, deceptive, wicked things of this world. Now, Lord, help us. Father, I thank you for this dear pastor, Lord God, the shepherd of this flock. And I thank you for this precious flock of sheep. Now, help me, Lord, today, oh God, to convey... Lord, to their hearts some things of Christ that we'd all be strengthened and rejoiced by the end of this day, Lord. Father, like Paul said in Romans 1.11, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift unto you. Lord, help us. I thank you for my freedom. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my health. I thank you for my Savior. I thank you for my heritage. I thank you for my Bible. I thank you for my gospel. I thank you for my open doors. I thank you, Lord, for the breath of life you've given me. I thank you for the open invitation under the throne of grace to come boldly. Now draw somebody and we'll love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. You can actually be seated. The entire chapter is my text, and you can read through it today and this afternoon. Genesis chapter 24 and verse 2, And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that uh, ruled over all that he had. Don't we have a good type of the Holy Ghost here? The father Abraham taking this chief servant, this eldest servant, that ruled over all that he had. And aren't you glad that God's put the Holy Spirit in charge of the house of God? Thank God for the Holy Spirit today and for his operations and his office and his ministries. And he don't want to be bragged on. He wants to lift up Christ. And uh, But I'm glad for the operations and offices of the Holy Ghost. And if I remember right, the old mountain preacher said he's here to oversee the book. And he's here to oversee the birth. And he's here to oversee the blood. And he's here to oversee the body. And he's here to oversee my happy bubbles. And he's here to oversee the brethren. And he's here to oversee the battle. And he's here to oversee the building. I'm glad for that good Holy Ghost. I'm glad I can feel him this morning. Amen. In my soul, love coming here. And uh, I'm to that point, Brother Lawson, I, 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 I want to wait on you to call, but I, sometimes I almost call you. <laughs> You're not supposed to invite yourself, but I get, to, I get to missing it and thinking about it. You got a special place here. And uh, if I call you and ask you how the weather is, that means I want to come preach. But, uh, sorry, preacher. But I get to thinking about it, and listen, folks, it's a rare thing to be in a place where the Scriptures are esteemed, like He esteemed His Word above His name. 
And it's a rare thing to be in a place where, where we know we're not even better than anybody, but we know we're better off. Now, I can feel that when I'm in a place. I know when I'm somewhere where they know they're saved and sanctified, but they know they don't deserve it, but they know they got it. And most places I go, and I'm not trying to sound like a smart aleck, it breaks my heart. Most, and I don't have the answers for everybody, I don't even understand the questions, but I know this, I know when I'm where He is. When he's when there's a place where he's chosen to put his name, Amen. He told Solomon, "I'm gonna put my name there." Woo! I like that. I like it when you get in a place where the man of God's in charge, and yet he knows he's not. Amen. See, and you ought to thank God for a wise pastor. That's that's a fine line, and most preachers can't find it. The man of God's in charge, but he knows he's not. <laughs> and uh, amen. Send that uh, CD to a thousand preachers. We need it in America. Oh, mercy. I want that. Now, I want to come to the end of the chapter. And so this servant was sent by the master to go and find a bride for the son. And I'm going to throw this in. I'm glad that the Son of Man's come to seek and to save that which is lost. And I'm glad now the Holy Ghost has come. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, co-eternal, co-equal, co-existent, three in one, three yet one. The Lord our God is one Lord. And somebody said, uh, it's the Father. And the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, no, it, there's not a rank to them. And somebody said, well, then it's the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Well, you're getting closer, but the old preacher said it's more like this. It'd be the Father <laughs> and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in your Bible, it seems that God the Father first interacted with man as he conversed with the patriarchs, Adam and Abraham, Noah and Moses. You saw God speak. And then it was as if the wickedness of man was so great and God withdrew his presence. You can see that. And then here comes Jesus in the New Testament. Woo! We ought to call time out, pop three happy bubbles, and thank God that when I could not come to him... He came to me. Here came Jesus. And then He ascended to the Father and presented that blood and sat down on the right hand. And He said, If I go, I will not leave you comfortless. Amen. He said, I'll send another and the Comforter and the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father. I'm glad that He's come. And so in Acts 2 and John 20 breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost and disciples, apostles. And then Acts 2, that Spirit of God came down in a great wind and, and they were all filled. And so the Father uh, interacted with men. And then the Son came and walked among men. And went back. Now the Holy Ghost has come. And as about 2,000 years ago, 
and seen that fig tree blossoming. You can ask your pastor more about that. Amen. Honey, we're living in the moments when, when the Holy Ghost fixing to take, we're going to be taken out of here, the church, the body, and that Holy Ghost, uh, there we'll go with him. And there ain't nobody left. There's only three in the Godhead. It'll be done. Can I get a witness right there? Thank God we'll be ready to step out in that glorious thousand years. Oh, but in the meantime, that servant seeking that bride. Now, let's look here. And uh, let me say just for t- taking up my own time, but I guess I just get mad at myself. <laughs> it's between me and me. You can earmark these modern last day apostate, these re- these charismatics of the last days. Jude said they're sensual, having not the spirit. I don't know why y'all got so quiet all of a sudden. Here's how you can earmark him charismatics. Uh, listen, somebody that don't know the finished work of Christ on Calvary's cross can save a sinner eternally. They don't know that. They're not going to know anything else about the Bible. Well, I've lost a portion of you. I don't know what's wrong with you. Mama may have been holding us. I'm not sure. Sorry about that. When they come in the door, talking about the gift of the Spirit, you can earmark them right there. Because if somebody comes in filled with the Spirit, they're talking about the gift of the Savior. That's right. And if they come in talking about how many gifts they have, oh, I have the gift of wisdom, I have the gift of knowledge, I have the gift of that, I have the gift of that. And oh, give them three minutes and they'll tell you what your gifts are. And you see, oh, you seem to have the gift of that. Oh, when the Holy Ghost comes, they don't talk about Himself. He lifts up Christ. Lifts up Christ. Now we come to the, well, we got over that little speed bump. And so now, in verse 54. And they've, he is founder and met her and, and there's some things went on here and, and they're sitting with the family. And verse 54, they didn't eat and drink. He and the men that were with him and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning and he said, send me away unto my master. And her brother and her mother said, let the damsel abide with us a few days. At the least ten. After that she shall go. And he said unto them, Hinder me not. Oh, I'd like to... here's another sermon pops head up. I'd like to get in the place where they've decided not to hinder the Holy Ghost. That's a good place for a church to get. I had a friend in Florida, a pastor friend in Florida, and he took a vote, went back in the early 90s and voted, We'll never again have another dead service. That pretty good vote right there. I say remove the hindrances and hinder me not. That'd be a good thing for the Christian to say today. The sin that so easily besets us and the weights. You ought to just make a vow in your Christian heart between you and yourself that I'm not going to let anything hinder me from going with God. And if you're here lost without Christ and you're a sinner and you're yet in your sins, you ought to vow right now sitting right here that you're not going to let anything in this world hinder you from coming to Christ and going with God. Hinder me not. Seeing the Lord hath prospered my way, send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, And here's my text, Wilt thou go with this man? 
And she said, I will go. I want to make a proposal this morning under your heart. Wilt thou go with this man? Who will go with God? I like the individuality of the gospel. He questions each and every one of us. Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Now my thoughts this, I'm curious in the text of what convinced her to go with this man. What swayed her? What drew her? What worked it? What factors were at work that caused her to be willing to go with this man? Now, when I was in grade school, I'm 40 years old. 40 is a strange place to be. The kids think you're old. And the old people... <laughs> I let y'all distinguish all that. And the old ones still think you're a kid. And yet you're supporting both groups. <laughs> and so you just let them all call your names. And it just. Can I get a witness right there? Hallelujah. And, uh, and so. But I remember back when I was in grade school, if you had a little sweetheart at the schoolhouse, they used to say, Will you go with me? Now, we never went anywhere except to recess. And I wish children were that innocent in these days. But that's what we used to say. Will you go with me? Hallelujah. And, uh, oh, I got good news for you today. There's a love story in front of you. There's a love story in front of you. The Lord today would like to propose to your heart. Will you go with me? Hallelujah. And he don't break up. If you ever go with him and he goes with you, uh, he's not unfaithful. He don't ever get disinterested. He don't ever cut it off and go look for somebody else. When he goes with you, he goes steady. The whole way. And he don't expect you to be doubling up. I don't even know what the word for it is. Don't you be going with somebody else while you're going with him. But now he got a whole lot of others going with him. Amen. His bride. What convinced her to go with this man? Adoniram Judson. Adoniram Judson was that first missionary, they tell me, to ever leave American soil and go to a foreign field. The first American missionary. Adoniram Judson went to India, went to Burma, stayed for 38 years, only came back to America one time. Came back for four months. Just one time. Adoniram Judson was in love with a young lady named Anne. And he proposed to her. He sent a letter to her father. That's old time courting right there. And Brother Lawson in this proposal, he presented a proposal to her father and he said, May I have your daughter? Are you willing to part with her to see her no more? 
until you see her again in glory with the heathen surrounding her as the stars of her crown? Are you willing to give her to the peril of the ocean, the heat of India, and the danger of living among heathen? Will you let her go with me? And the father wrote a reply back, and his reply was this. We will let her make this decision on her own. And now, girls, it's time for a good awe because one's coming up. And here's what Anne said. She wrote a reply then and said, I can only go where providence has ordained for me to go. I will go. And I want to stop and say she was safer in India in the will of God than she would have been in her own backyard out of the will of God. She said, I can only go where God has ordained for me to go. I will go. And I'm wondering this morning, will you go with this man? Now, I'm going to give you all the thoughts out of the chapter that I, that I want to give you this morning. I'm going to give them to you right now for your meditations, and then we'll preach a little while. Number one, there was a servant that persuaded her to go. Aren't you glad for the good Holy Ghost of God and the work He has of wooing the sinner? And then there was a worship service that I believe played a part in, because it said, the old boy just stopped in verse 26. He said, whoo, I got to pop a happy bubble. That's in the original Hebrew if you look down in there. He said, God sure has blessed this journey. I got to stop and have a worship service. And in verse 26, the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. And if you're going to get in, it's going to take mercy and it's going to take truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me. Right there would be a good verse for all the young people to underline, underscore. Let God direct your life. Get in the way and let God lead you. Get in that old way. Get in that Bible way. Get in that prayer closet way. Get in that spirit-filled way. Get in the way and let the Lord, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master. And the damsel ran. And the damsel ran. What about that? He had a worship service and the next thing that happened, somebody was running. <laughs> well, you can't make that up. That's in your King James Bible right there. There was a service. There was a servant. At number three, there was a story. They brought him home and sat him down. And, and in verse 33, he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. And they said, speak on. I wish we had some Christians in the building who say, I can't eat until I've told what I'm supposed to tell. Well, I need more than three amens right there. Let me back it up and try again. I wish we had some believers in the building who were so consumed with the message and the, and the commission from the Father that they say, I cannot eat until I've told 
what I'm supposed to tell. Honey, when a church leaves the Great Commission, you're heading down a goofy road. Now, I know, I, I know some brethren, that's all they think's in the Bible is a Great Commission. And you can get sidetracked right there. But to some churches, they drop the sea, and it's a great old mission. They don't, they don't care about anybody getting told. Their neighbors or the heathen. Honey, if, we, if the church ever loses its focus on the great commission, we've lost something precious. He said, I will not eat until I, there, was a, there was a story that persuaded her to go. And then there was a son. In that story, y'all read your Bible when you go home this afternoon, seven times it told about that son. A son, a son, my master's son, the son. son. (laughs) There was a son that she heard about, persuaded her to go. That's my four thoughts. Now, I'm going to preach accordingly. Accordingly means I just gave myself all the liberty in the world to just go wherever I want to. (laughs) As long as it's in the Bible and under the authority of the church with this pastor. Can I get a witness? I'm so glad there was a servant. I'm glad for the Holy Ghost of God. Do you know it says Drew in here? If you look, while I was reading this, I'm glad there was a servant that was sent of the Father. I'm glad for the, the operations of the Holy Ghost of God. In verse 11, it says, draw water. In verse 13, the end, it says, draw water. At three more times, in verse 19, I'll draw water. In verse 20, draw and drew. And, and, and it's, what about that? Five times that draw is in there. Five's the number of grace. Drawing is the ministry of the Spirit of God. I'm glad that God draws sinners to Calvary's cross. Thank God for that drawing. There's a swearing in here. In verse 3, the father told the servant, Abraham said, I'll make thee swear. And in verse 7, he said, I want you to start swearing to me. And, uh, and, and verse 9, he swear. There's some swearing going on. Three of them that I found. I was in Bible camp last week and I said that that, that they were swearing. And one of the boys said, oh, no, they shouldn't. (laughs) It's not bad swearing. It's good swearing. Can I stop and say something to you? Honey, there is a promise this thing's running on. There's some things that have been sworn. There are some things that have been promised. I'll say it like this. I'll say it like this. Old preacher in North Carolina taught me. Say that in eternity past, God the Father made some promise to God the Son. And that promise, a promise of a bride, that promise runs through time and comes out into eternity future and picks up a bride somewhere in there. And he said, what happened tonight? You get saved. That promise ran by you. Well, I can't help but me and two fellas is the only ones excited about that. But that night you got saved. That promise the Father made the Son ran by you. And if you stepped out and grabbed a hold of that thing, you got in on a promise. Amen. There's a swearing to this. And there's a drawing to this. And there's a running. There's, everybody's a run. The servant ran to meet her. And then, then the damsel ran. And then her brother Laban ran. Y'all, honey, when God gets to work and business picks up, 
There's an urgency about it. There's an excitement about it. You know when you see somebody running? You know what I think? Somebody's a runner. <laughs> Other than these goofy joggers who are doing it on purpose. <laughs> Eating tofu and cottage cheese. God help you. You gonna live in a you gonna live in America and die skinny? What ails you? The people that love you gonna love you whether you fat or skinny. Go ahead and fatten up with the rest of us. Them other people worried about what you look like really ain't worried about what you. They're worried about what they look like, and they're worried that you're worried about what I ain't worried about you or me. Hallelujah! I like my fat friends. I'm praying for my skinny friends. Something's eating at it. I'm eating that stuff. Ain't nothing eating at me. I'm eating that stuff. Fat people are harder to kidnap. <laughs> but a awesome when them terrorists get all the way over here, they like to kidnap. They're going to grab you little skinny tofu joggers. That's who they're going to grab. Now I don't even know what I was talking about. That does happen to me. There is some running in there. When I see somebody running... Sorry about my little tantrum. When I see somebody running, where are they going? What's going on? They've only got one thing on their mind when somebody takes off a running, other than the goofy joggers. They take off, something's going on. Something has happened. Something's going to happen. Something's happening. And that's the only thing they got up. When somebody's running, they, they have dropped everything. They ain't worried about nothing. They're running. And I like it when the Holy Ghost gets to moving. That sinner, the only thing on their mind, I got to run to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm glad for the Holy Spirit of God. That ties in with my second point. There was a story. There was a service. Said the old boy bowed down his head and worshipped. It's right there in the King James Bible. It said he had a worship service. He's an hour and a half of preaching just on that right there, and I'm trying to shake it off. <laughs> I'm so glad that somewhere somebody has stopped and had a worship service. Amen. I say I'm so glad that somewhere so, there is an atmosphere of an eternal God in a worship service. You hear me? I don't care if it's one man by himself. For it's a whole corporate body. There is an eternal presence of an eternal God in a worship service. Woo! My daddy is lost and going to hell, the son of a drunkard. He is becoming a bad, blaspheming drunk himself. Like his daddy. But he had an old praying mama, a country woman, raised four kids and run from the drunks and hid from them. Stayed in the woods half the time to keep from getting hurt. But she'd walk down them, down them dirt roads to the cotton factory. And then she'd carry them to the house of God. My grandma's over in Tunnel Hill, Georgia right now with Alzheimer's. And she's, she's getting closer to there than she's been to here. Right. Right. Only thing she does now is get ready to go to the meeting. I'm not trying to be funny. She puts on all her dresses. She put on one and put on another and put on another. And the only thing she does these days is I'm going, I'm going to the meeting. 
The other day, brother, she said, well, there's mama. There's papa. They're waiting on me. I need to go. She's out 3 o'clock in the morning in the driveway with all of her clothes on. They said, where are you going? She said, there's mama and papa. She said, they're already having meeting. I need to get in that meeting. <laughs> My grandma was having the worship service in the driveway by herself. My daddy is on one of them big freight ships. I want them carrying all them soldiers. Mama had been praying. His mama had been praying. And he stepped out there one morning. And there was a black man with his little government issued New Testament. <laughs> Standing out there by himself. Had that little thing open. And was looking at heavenward. And he said just his mouth was moving. And then he said everything heaven had fell on his fell on him. Staggered back in and went to hide. Somebody was having a worship service. And then he got saved, come out of the army and got saved in sixty six. The old fashioned church on the side of a hill was having Holy Ghost revival. It had been about four years of it. Been in about four years of a move of God. I'm talking about a service. Thank God somebody's still having church. Brother Lawson, true story. It's a true story. I can get some witnesses documented if you want it documented. Over in Tunnel Hill, Georgia, near Dalton, the carpet capital. They got to having so many people saved in that meeting. In the little church on the hill, they're running about 400, about before anybody tried to run anybody. They, they had a house full. And so many of them Roman Catholics, there wasn't a lot of them, but Roman Catholics down in the carpet cap down in Dalton, so many of them was getting saved. That the priest come up there on a Sunday night to regather his parishioners. I thought a parishioner, nobody said parishioner, that sounded like a clothing line to me. I don't know, a parishioner. He come to regather all his parishioners. Getting upset. He was there to take names, take notes, and, and go regather them that week. He is losing them all to the revival up on the hill. True story, Brother Lawson. So he came in, sat on the back, and got his notepad out, and went to looking for his parishioners. And here's what they said. The Holy Ghost was so thick in America in those days all across the country they said <laughs> third song second verse they don't know where I'm going with this I thought they might I thought they might have been ahead of me third song second verse was Martin he can handle he got saved <laughs> he said sure said he got the wife God says, oh, he just stood up and stumbled and come down to the altar and got up. He said, I need whatever they all got. Amen. Woo! I bet mass was a little different the next weekend, don't you? I'm so glad somebody's still having church. I'm glad there I'm glad for the Holy Spirit and I'm glad that the churches are still having holy services. 
and Christians are still having worship in their heart. And uh, there was a story. He took him home and they sat down with the family and they said, we want you to eat. And he said, I cannot eat until I have told mine errand. I think it was uh, G. Campbell Morgan said, nobody deserves to hear the gospel twice until at least everybody has heard it once. Oh, to God, that'd be a drive back in our souls, the Great Commission. And I know that there's a ditch there, some, and there's a ditch on the other side. Some believe only a few can get in. Some believe that everybody's going to get in here in just a minute if they can just get to their front door. And both groups are wrong. But I'm just going to do what my Bible said. And I'm going to do what my Savior said. And I'm going to pray for what He's praying for. And He's praying for sinners. And He died for sinners. He said, until I have told. Let's roll off. She sang it. I don't remember the words, but I remember Him saying it. Into the tent where a gypsy boy lay Lying alone at the close of the day Tell me again And the little gypsy boy On the bottom of all society Wanted to hear that old story again How God loved him Tell it again Tell it again Salvation story repeat o'er and o'er till none can say on that glorious day. Nobody ever told me before. Tell it again, tell it again. Honey, that gospel story don't get old. Somebody said, Y'all go to church three times a week and don't that get boring? Well, I got news for you. Do you have supper every night? That don't get boring to me. Same thing every night. Pinto beans, mashed taters. Woo! Kill a hog and do something with it, anything. Just put it on the plate. Supper don't get old. Meeting with the family don't get old. Tell me that story again. Had an iron Judson, didn't see anybody saved for six years. Some of you young preachers make a note of that. Don't you get discouraged if things go slow. He didn't see him and him and his wife Ann didn't see anybody saved for six years. And uh, then then it exploded. And as the years went by, hundreds of thousands of those Hindu Indians was getting saved. More preachers came. They told the story. After Adam and Ann Judson had died, they told a story. Some preachers come over to take up his mission work. And so they was out in the village and, the man, and they were preaching. And they were telling the story, the, the gospel, the death, the virgin birth, the substitutionary death, the, how he was buried, how he rose again, ascended up. And they was telling that, and they got in the, they got in the resurrection, and it, and an old woman in the back, an old Indian woman. That's the rest of the story. That's the rest of the story. They couldn't hush her up. She's so. 
That's the rest of that story. And she came forward and got saved. And here's what she told them. She said, when I was a little girl, Ann Judson came into my village and sat me down in a little house and was telling me that very story. But in the middle of it, the soldiers heard she was there, busted in, drove her out, shut us down, locked some people in jail. She said, and I never seen or heard of any of that again. She said, and when I heard you talking tonight, I remember that's that story. She said, I've wondered my whole life how the story ends. She said, that's the rest of the story. You ought to pop some happy bubbles, slap four people that look like they don't like you happy bubbles, just slap them for not liking it. And... Tell them I'm so glad there's a rest of the story. He died. He died for our sins. He just didn't die for you. He died as you. He was buried three days and three nights. He arose from the grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Over sin and over Satan. Ascended on high. Carried that blood, that basin of blood to the throne room. Poured it out on the mercy seat. Came back and spent 40 days with his men. Got out of here in Acts chapter 1 and said, They said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go. Good news, Christian. This ain't the end of the story. There's a rest of the story. There's a rest of the story. I close with this. I wish some of you young people go with God. You know something, Brother Lawson? Church kids who have heard the story all their life, it, if we're not careful, it don't mean anything to them. Look at here. Young people who somebody, they don't know what's in the world, they don't know what's in hell, they don't know what them hell holes are about. They're not scared of what they should be scared of. They're not awed by what they should be awed of. And they almost can't help it, it's just their old nature. And it's so easy to grow up in church and have religion. Not meaning to. Not meaning to. These kids ain't trying to be hypocrites. Anybody acts like that, we need to take you out back and smack you twice. How was you doing when you was a teenager? These kids don't mean to, but there is a callousness. There's a, there's a, there is a hardness. Get familiar with the things of God. I hope somehow the Holy Ghost does a work, a revelation, drop the scales off your eyes, young people. That you'll be as thrilled about going with God as the people in your life who have brought you to church are. Going with God. There was a son. There was a son that caused her to want to go.
He was amazing. That servant couldn't quit talking about him. <laughs> Mentioned him seven times. Seven's a number of perfection and number of completion. And our Savior is a perfect Savior. And His work on Calvary is a complete work. You can come be saved and give your heart and life to Him. He'll take your sins and He'll take you like you are. And Colossians 2, you can be complete in Him. Hebrews 10, you can be perfected forever. He was a miracle. Come in by way of a miraculous birth. He even had a death and a resurrection story in his life. The servant said one day they took him up on the mountain to kill him. <laughs> took a three-day journey. But God spared him and let him cut. And a ram died in his place. He was a middleman. It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> I won't expound that thought, but he's the middleman. I'm so glad that he is the great connection to God. And without him, we wouldn't have been. And he was a master. All through that chapter, the servant said, My master Abraham. But when he got down to the very end, he said, Here's my master Isaac. <laughs> Turned out the son and the father the same one. The master. I close with, Will you go with God? That was God's son that he gave on Calvary's cross. The story of his son. Brother Lawson, I was with an old preacher from Mississippi. Kind of reminded me of you a little bit. He's tall and white-haired and dignified. He's a little better looking than you, a little more refined. Just a tad, Pastor. Just a tad. He had locks with his white hair. Grow yours out and you may have too, Pastor. I don't know. I heard a quick picket on the old man of God. God may kill me in the parking lot. You know it. The old preacher from Mississippi. Tall, white-haired preacher. Dignified man. He said this. He said, I often wondered why or how, how it only took three hours for Jesus to pay for our sin. Three hours of time. Three hours of darkness. And he said, I believe it's this. He said, I was praying about it one day and asked, and asked God, how? Meditating on Calvary. How did it only take three hours? And he said, the answer came. The Holy Ghost impressed his heart. He said, it don't take that long when it's your son. It don't take that long when it's your son. I thought about that. If somebody captured old ben, old Osama bin Laden and brought him over here, maybe took him downtown New York City and let that turn that crowd loose on him, I bet they could beat on him a while, don't you? Somebody bring Ted Bundy back. Let all them relatives go work on him a while. I bet they wouldn't get tired. But I thought about my little six-year-old boy. If they said, let's take him out in the yard and let him pay for the seat. And I'm looking on. 
God forbid, I can't even tolerate the thought, but my boy out there, in just a little while, that's okay. Okay. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. And I'm going to tell you something about God. He gave His Son. And His Son gave His life until the altar was satisfied. The anger of God was satisfied. Our sins were paid for. Our sins were punished. Our stripes were meted out justly. And until God said, that's enough. Wilt thou go with this man? It'd be good if some teenagers piled up on this altar and say, I'll go. It'd be good if some young couples piled up on this altar and said, I'll go. It'd be good if some saints of God fall on this altar. You can have our church, Lord. You can have our home. You can have our children. You can have our money. You can have our body. You can, I'll go. I want you to bow your heads. Our musicians come. I want everybody to stand and make it easy to come. I want you to bow your heads. Would you stand and our heads are bound? If you're here and you're lost without Christ, the Bible said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The Bible said, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. Sinner friend, maybe your first time in this building, what you ought to do is run to Jesus, hit this altar. Nobody here will laugh at you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make a spectacle out of you. You can come and do business, you and God alone. We're not going to embarrass you. You ought to come to Jesus. Teenagers, college kids, you ought to get on this altar and say, Lord, in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. What would be good to see about 20 youngins on this altar, Brother Lawson? Young people having revival. Wilt thou go with this man? Brother, will you sing and our heads remain bowed? If you know the old song, help him sing. Help him sing this morning. Friend, you come. Pastor, you come. Why we sing? Just as I am.